Amen. Good morning. It's good to be here. Amen. Glad that you're here. If you're watching, glad you're watching. Hello. We miss you. Shane misses you on his birthday. Come on, y'all. Just, yeah, just so sad <laughs> that you can't be here. But we're glad that uh, that you can watch. So if you've not yet brought your items, the item for the month of May. Today's the first day of May. Today's first Sunday meal. Plan to be here. There's a lot of food. A lot of food. And if you... <laughs> Uh, if you have not made plans to stay, please change your plans. If you're watching and you get hungry, please come on. Yes, uh, you know, we have, there's plenty. Because I made food for Shane's birthday. So I made, well, not made because it's minute rice. So <laughs> so it will get made. It's not made currently. But um, there will be some minute rice and different things. So <laughs> come on down. There's there's plenty. And uh, if you've not yet brought your item for the month of May, which makes sense because today is the first day of May, but it is uh, coloring items. So coloring book, crayons, markers, colored pencils, anything like that. So rainbows because last week, last month, last week too, was uh, showers. So we have rainbows after the showers. So uh, keep those things in mind. We uh, next week is Mother's Day. If you're a mom, bring your children. If you have a mom, bring your mom. And we're gonna celebrate moms together. Got something great going. I hope somebody has been practicing something special for Mother's Day. Yes, I hope so. And uh, and we'll have something, some different special things going. Y- y'all know we we plan and get presents and all that stuff so yeah I'm excited um and Dr. Bell will be here on the 15th so all right um at six yes Dr. Bell will be here on the on at six o'clock on the 15th any other announcements we will let you know the uh, the first Sunday of of uh, June is our homecoming so be here if you're watching I don't care what your plans are you need to change them okay and be here <laughs> okay thanks um you know whatever it takes be here because homecoming is just the greatest it's so much fun the first that's one of my favorite days the second favorite being um, uh, thanks meal day so lots of uh, enjoyment surrounding food uh, but make sure that you are here because we we have lots of great things going. Um, Pastor Chuck is going to be with us, and so we'll, we'll have a great time. So keep that in mind. Um, the just yesterday, last night, we lit a fire for the first time this year, and this morning, well, yesterday was a wash day, so I did not wash my hair again. This morning, uh, as I was getting ready, Shane got close and he said, "You smell like fire." I said, "Yes, I do." And uh, yesterday when I was at the grocery store buying some some things for today, <coughs> I smelled someone who smelled like maybe they had um, they lived on a skunk farm. <sighs> if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, when we're in Shane's fancy new car, we um, we end up smelling like exhaust. So it made me think you. you you can't deny where you've been. You smell like it. You have it on you. And if you have been in the Lord's presence and there is a sweet savor, 
that shows and and is demonstrated by his by his glory uh if but if you have the <laughs> if you've been around other places people can tell that too so i encourage you today uh offer up that that sweet sacrifice to the lord i mean let's sing and go to the lord in prayer ask him to have his will in the service heavenly father we thank you for your goodness we thank you that you are with us no matter what God, that you said in your word you would never leave or forsake us, and we trust you, we believe in you, we have faith that that is the case. God, I thank you and I praise you because you are so gracious and mighty, God. You are strong and high and powerful, but you descend to us, and you come down and you hold our hand, and you walk with us through difficult times. God, I thank you and I praise you for all your blessings. Father, I pray now that you would have your will and your way in everything that we say and do. Father, that, that everything that is done today from the very first prayer to the very last prayer would lift you up. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but you see and you know what we need from you. You see and you know how your word is going to minister to us for those who are here and those who are watching. Father, I pray for those who are not able to be here for whatever reason, if it's for sickness or for travel, whatever it may be. But God, I just pray that you would give strength and encouragement to each person. God, for those who, who can join us virtually, I just pray your blessings and your strength in their lives today. God, lift them up and encourage them as they hear from you today. I pray that we would honor you and please you in all that we say and do. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs? When by my faith I know my God is more than enough. 
He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. All of the earth is His and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, when by my faith I know my God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. And my God is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. More than enough, my God is more than enough. Yes, He is more than enough. Yes, He is more than enough. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. I will see how great, how great is our God. Time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit, and Son, Lion and 
and the lamb, the lion and the lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Oh, we sing how great, how great. the 
Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Cause when you speak, when you move, when you do it, only you can do. It changes us, it changes what we see. And what we seek, when you come in the room, when you do it, only you can do. It changes us, it changes what we see. And what we see the Spirit of the living God Spirit of the living God We're leaning into all you are and everything else can wait. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, come now and breathe upon our hearts. Come now and have your way. Cause when you speak and when you move, when you do it, only you can do. It changes us, it changes what we see. And what we seek when you come in the room, what you do and only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see, and what we seek. And when you move, you move us to tears. When you move, you move all our fears. And when you move, you move us to tears. And when
Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Thank you, Lord. Give him praise this morning. He is worthy of all praise. Thank you, Jesus. praise amen hallelujah hallelujah praise him in the morning praise him in the noon and praise him at night oh praise ye the lord all ye his saints amen 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 hallelujah and let his word dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not praising the Lord because somebody's watching me. I'm praising God because He is worthy. Hallelujah. I'm not praising God because nobody else will. I'm praising Him because He is worthy. Amen. Amen. Glory. I feel good in my sanctified soul. Praise God. God is good, isn't He? God is so good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what comes our way. God is with us even unto the end. He'll be there. Hallelujah. He watches over us. He has angels encamped around about those that fear him, is what David said. Then after David said that, he said, Oh, taste of the Lord. See that he is good. Hallelujah. James said, Taste and see that the Lord is gracious. Hallelujah. I love him today. Is there somebody else loves him and you brag? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> a little bit more. Oh, Lord Jesus. God is good. 
provider, protector. Yeah, he's our banner. He's our shelter. Praise God and Brother Mike, those prayers. I don't know who prayed for your nephew or whomever you were talking about going to church now, but in this box, how long will we pray? But I want to tell you, I don't even know what's in the box. I have no idea the prayer requests that are in there. But I, I thought about it this week, similar to this box. My mother has been gone on to be with God and Jesus Christ for many, many, many years, a long time. But the prayers that, whew, glory, hallelujah, somebody jump over the church with this preacher, hallelujah, the prayers that she prayed while she was here are still being answered today. Glory, he bottles them up. He answers them when he's ready, when he knows it's time, when he knows it's right. Praise God, isn't it good that God has everything in control? Amen. It may look like you and others and me that things are not under control, but God has everything. One more brag on Jesus. Praise God. Glory, he's a good God. Let's praise the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Thank you for every gift, for all you do for the Lord. He blesses us and I'm very thankful for it. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing over the offering this morning, please?
Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. Good morning to those at home. Wish you were here. It is now time to receive prayer requests. Brother Mike. Yes. Church, keep praying for Brother Mike's family. Brother Vic, let's pray for his wife. Sister Judy, pray for Sister Judy's family. Brother Mike. Safe travels for Brother Mike's friend. Yes, Gretchen. Pray for Jeff, gets feeling better, and Gigi. Hope she gets feeling better as well. Anyone else? If not, uh, unspoken requests, raise hands. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord, please. See? 
now time to fellowship.
So glad that you are here. If you're watching, hello. Hope everything's fine. And uh, again, you're welcome to come eat because there's plenty of food. Amen. Once again, we are talking about things that can defeat our purpose. Last week, we saw how insecurity can hold us captive and learn some ways to overcome. Uh, number one, knowing that God may not reveal his plan immediately. And when we don't see a plan, we start to worry. Well, some of us do. Uh, <laughs> some of us do. Some of us are just fly, the, fly by the seat of your pants kind of gals, guys. <laughs> and if that's, hey, if you like that, that great. Um understand that he will anoint you and change you so it's not a matter of I have to clean up and I have to get I have to become perfect before God will accept me and use me but God is able and that's the the way that he normally does it is that he's the one who who makes us have a turnaround kind of anointing the third thing we must do is stop hiding and that is either stop hiding behind our insecurities or stop hiding behind our busyness the stuff that piles up in our lives that we we need to get out of that because God wants to use us in in ways that um, can only be done if if we set aside those things and number four embrace the helpers and ignore the haters there will always be haters in the in the words of T Swift the haters they're gonna hate 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 um (laughs) Again, if you know, you know. But um, but there are going to be those who who don't like what you're doing and who don't who don't uh, see your potential. But then there are also going to be those who are uh, ordained to be helpers to you. And <clears throat> so, speaking of ignoring, today we consider another hindrance to our life of purpose, and that is ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance can come in various forms. In the Old Testament, ignorance was an inadvertent transgression, an unwitting error. There were particular sacrifices that would be brought if a person committed an ignorant sin. So it was something that they they didn't realize they had done wrong or something that they had accidentally done. So it was an ignorant sin, but there were specific there were specific sacrifices that were brought to the temple for that purpose. So in the Old Testament, there were things that God said, okay, well, that was just, you did that in ignorance, and so just bring the sacrifice, and, and that's fine. But by the time the New Testament was written, people had been exposed to God and his law long enough that ignorance meant, in the, in the Greek, to not know because of lack of information or intelligence or to ignore through disinclination. So if you're being told, if you're being told, do this or don't do this, and you willingly ignore that, then that's ignorant. <clears throat> I was just talking to someone about that this morning. <laughs> oh, bless me. So we realize that ignorance can often be the choice we make to ignore the truth of God's word or the truth of of someone trying to help us. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. We may have seen this. We don't talk about it too too much or if you've heard it before, it may be a little bit different than than what you've heard it. I'm not sure. 
But we're in Acts chapter 17. Uh, in, in this context, uh, Paul was waiting in Athens for Silas and Timothy to arrive. The three of them had been agitating crowds all over Greece. They had started in, in Thessalonica, and those people did not like Paul. So he came down to Berea, and the people in Berea were listening and like, oh, this is great stuff. And then some people from Thessalonica heard that Paul was in Berea, so they came to Berea and started causing some issues. And so I everywhere Paul went, he had lots of haters. So because they were stirring up such issues, the, the people in Berea decided to send Paul on. <laughs> They're like, you just go on to Athens. And they sent a, a group with him to go as far as Athens to protect him. And Paul and Silas, um, excuse me, uh, Timothy and Silas stayed back in Berea to, to preach and, <laughs> and do some ministry there. But something about Paul just got on people's nerves. <laughs> so the believers were, were trying to keep him safe, so they sent him to Athens. And while he was there, Paul's spirit was stirred by the fact that the entire city was filled with idolatry. And Athens was, the, uh, was kind of an, an epicenter of pagan worship, the, the Greek gods and goddesses. There, there's a pantheon there in Greece, uh, in, in Athens. And there would have been altars set up and all sorts of idols set up, statues to worship there in that area. And as Paul was walking through, he, he had first gone to the synagogue to preach to the Jews who were in that area and talk to them about Jesus. But he began to preach to them the gospel of Christ. And while they were hearing him, some believed, but some called him a babbler and thought he was very strange. And it says that some of them were curious, but it was because they had spent all their time trying to learn something new. They're like, oh, this is new. This is interesting. Let's hear more about this. And it wasn't that they were necessarily interested about Jesus. It was just a new revelation, a new word. So we see, starting in verses 22 and 23, Paul climbed up the Acropolis to stand up on Mars Hill. And Acropolis um, is is the highest point in an area. So we see in verses 22 and 23, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by I, and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. And any time that I've heard this, it's been very much like Paul, and it sounds like it when you, when you read out of the KJV, that Paul is being very dismissive of their, of their worship. He's being very accusatory of them. But as we take a look, he began speaking to them about their devotion. He says that they are too superstitious, but that's the way that the word was interpreted. We consider superstitious as, as one thing, you know, you, you don't, you turn on the lights one time or two times, you wear the same socks when your team's playing, whatever it may be, you know, you, you're, it's luck, you're trying to, trying to generate some type of luck. But here, the word that he is using means pious, religious, or reverent. This word is only used one time, and it comes from the, it comes from two Greek words, 
one meaning fearful and the other meaning demons. So he's saying, I perceive that you're very pious, but it's because you're afraid of demonic forces. And more than likely, Paul was just attempting to make a connection to their level of devotion, not to hurl insults at them, since that's not really the best way to turn someone to Jesus. Um, other translations are less harsh in their interpretation of this word. They say, I, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. So as we see Paul approaching them, it's not him saying, you know, him getting <laughs> up on the highest point of their town and saying, y'all are too superstitious, you need to straighten up. He is really honestly trying to make a connection with them. So upon observation, Paul had noticed an altar which had been built to honor the unknown God. This word, unknown, means agnostos, and that's the word from which we get agnostic, the idea that we cannot know anything beyond the physical. This word means unknown or forgotten. So he says, I notice that you are worshiping the agnostos, that you're, you're worshiping that that you do not know, that that you cannot understand or that you assume has been forgotten. So the idea behind this is I was studying and I was looking up the history of it. There's a, a legend in the Greek culture that states there was a man named Epimenides who was asked to help the people of Athens end a plague in their city. Now, Epimenides, he was a, a wise man. He was a poet and considered a prophet in their culture. He was the one that is attributed to saying the Cretans are, are always liars and slow bellies and all that. And so Paul really knew a lot about Epimenides, obviously, because here he quotes him and he's, he quotes him in a, another book. So there was a plague throughout Athens and they, the people ask Epimenides, can you please help us? What can we do to end this plague? So he said, what we need to do is you need to release all these sheep. And as the sheep go through the city, at wherever they stop to graze or wherever they stop to rest, then we are going to sacrifice to the God of that area. If they stop beside the, the altar of Ares, we're going to sacrifice that sheep to Ares and see if he will end the plague. But if they stop next to the statue of Diana, we're going we're gonna to slaughter the sheep and sacrifice it to Diana. So we're going to every single place that a sheep stops, just in case they're the one bringing this plague, we are going to sacrifice to that god or goddess. And any time that a sheep would stop in a place that didn't have a god or goddess associated with it, they would sacrifice to the unknown god. They would say, okay, well, we're going to sacrifice. Maybe this sheep is, maybe it's a god that we don't know about yet. So we're going to sacrifice unknown god. If you're the one sending us this plague, please stop it. And we're sacrificing the sheep to please you. So that's the history behind this idea of the unknown God. So for hundreds of years, this occurred about 400 B.C. For hundreds of years, they had ignorantly worshipped. 
they had not known through lack of information or intelligence. They had not known who they were actually sacrificing to. They, had, they did not know, but they set up this altar because the plague stopped, and they set up this altar, and they would worship the unknown God that they didn't know anything about. So we see in verses 24 through 29, God that made, so he's saying, him I declare unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and he hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Here again, he's quoting two different of their poets, one of which being Epimenides. For as much as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. So they had been worshiping this unknown God, this God that they had never heard of. But Paul proceeded to break down the walls of their ignorance. He said, Him I declare unto you, this is the God who created the world and everything that's in it. So he cannot be contained within a temple that has been made with hands. Again, this was a center of idol worship. And they would set up temples for each and every one of their gods, altars for every one of their gods. They would, they would create images of these gods. And he said, I'm going to tell you, this is a God that cannot be contained within one of your little temples. He is a God who made the entire universe and everything that you see. Therefore, he cannot be worshipped in this way. And he is not a God that can receive from the hand of man, meaning there is nothing that he needs from you. They would come to worship in these pagan ways and they would bring sacrifices and they would do things that were vile because they thought that that is how the, that God or goddess wanted to be worshipped. And he said, no, this is not right. This God, the God, the only God, cannot be worshipped in these ways because we are mere humans. We are created by him. Therefore, we cannot give anything to him. It said that he made all people. All had descended from the first man, Adam. That we are all one of the same original person. That it is God who created at the Tower of Babel, who s spread out and sent different races to different places, but he knew that that would happen. He said it is God who created the the bounds of where each people group would go. He's the one who from the very beginning, from one, made many. So he knew where all people would reside, and he loves all people. Again, they were living in a time that Yahweh, this God that he was proclaiming to them, was the God of the Jews, and the Jews were very exclusive. So the Jews who were within their city would have most likely sneered 
at the idea of Greeks who were trying to follow Yahweh. But here, Paul is saying to them, God wants all people. There is no one group who is better than another. There is no one group who deserves God better, who deserves Jesus more, because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Therefore, all are loved and chosen by God. He said, we owe our existence to him. In him, we live and move and have our being. The fact that we exist is only because of Yahweh. He said, even your poets tell you that we are God's offspring. Without even realizing, without understanding that, that Yahweh is the one who made us all, they have said it prophetically that we are the offspring of God. He was trying to have them see that the concept of belonging to God has been in the hearts of all people in some way. Even those who have never known God realize that something is missing from their lives. Oftentimes, if people don't know about God, about Jesus, they'll go searching in other places. But what Paul is trying to do is say, all of these things that you've tried to fill that void with, they've been, they've been not quite enough. And you need to understand that the reason it hasn't been enough is because you belong to Jesus. You belong to God. He says, so if we are the offspring of God, having been created by him, we must realize that we cannot truly worship a God that we have created. Talked about that this morning, too. He said that he cannot be graven by art and man's device this word device here means deliberation or thought he is not a god who can that we can with our minds say oh i think this is what god is like i think he must be this way i think that i think that i i like this type of god i think i like a god who does that or this or doesn't tolerate this or who does tolerate this so Paul is saying that's, that's not the kind of God that this is. So now it was time for action in verses 30 through 34. And the times of this ignorance God winked at. We ought, oh excuse me, but now <laughs> commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee of, again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So according to Paul, there were times of old that God winked at this word in Greek meaning to overlook or to not punish and it's only used one time here in the New Testament he said there were times that God winked at your ignorance but today is not that day today is the day of salvation he said that he has commanded all people in all places to repent, to think differently, to reconsider. Because judgment day is coming. He said it's a time appointed by God and we will be judged according to Jesus. 
to how we have followed him if we have accepted or believed him. Our justification or our condemnation comes from our acceptance of Christ, who we have been assured was raised from the dead. But when Paul said this, people began to mock. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, now they believed that the spirit or the soul would live on in some form, but they did not believe in, in a bodily resurrection. So they began to mock him. This word means to jeer or to throw out the lip. I thought about the, the Elvis lip, like turning your nose up at someone. What? This is the craziest thing I've heard of. So because they had no concept of a bodily resurrection, they, they jeered and they mocked him. But some were more kind and said, Oh, we'll listen to this later. But then there were some who clave. The word here means glue or stick. They glued themselves to Paul after they had heard about this. This is, this is truth and we believe this and this makes sense to us and we want to repent and be saved. So are we ignorant? Not knowing God, either by lack of experience or willfully ignoring him, will defeat our purpose. As I was as I was praying and studying and thinking, Lord, why are we? And maybe it's just for the people who are watching. It's it must be for y'all. <laughs> it's like, Lord, a, a lot of us, most of us, have have been serving you for a while. So how are we ignorant of you? Whew. The thing is, God wants to be known. He had people write an entire set of 66 books because he wants to be known. He doesn't want to be some far and distant individual in the sky that no one can get close to. That, that's not the kind of God that he is. He's personal and he's real. And he wants us to draw near to him. He says, if you'll draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. He wants to be known. Within each person, he placed curiosity and wonder so that we can discover him through learning, through observation, through scientific discovery that we see God is in, in everything. His hand, his fingerprint is on each thing that we see and experience. Every good and perfect gift is from God. He wants us to know him. Sometimes it's called a, a God-sized hole, which I think sounds kind of weird, but the truth of what people are trying to express with this is that our souls long for faith, connection, and meaning. That there is something within us that can only be filled with God. There is something that when we, when we search out other things, when we have addictions or when we have hang-ups or when we have hobbies that fill up our time, when we have anything that we put instead of God, there's still a longing within us that we just can't understand why we can't be satisfied. And that is because God wants to fill that space within our hearts. Our purpose in part, is to know the Lord and make Him known. So we ask ourselves these questions. 
Number one, are you serving God according to tradition or according to truth? For hundreds of years, the Athenians had set up altars and been sacrificing to the unknown God. This had been more than 400 years going on to the unknown God. Each generation was taught this practice of devotion. They were taught from the time they were born, you go and worship this God and this God. This is the one for, this is the God for war and this is the God for hunting and this is the God for fertility and this is the God for food and this is the God for love and this is the unknown God. So for generation after generation after generation, they were taught. These are, this is the pantheon that you worship. This is what you bring to them. This is what pleases them. And here's this unknown God. So they had been taught that there was a God. But they were being taught ignorantly. Because they didn't really know who he was. How many times have we worshipped the way we were taught or prayed the way we were taught or read or treated people the way we were taught, but maybe that wasn't right? Because the Bible is given to each of us. There is a We believe in the priesthood of of all believers, that that everyone has the right and the responsibility to read God's word for themselves and to search out the scriptures and to know what God is saying. And that while we believe and trust that those who are over us in the Lord have studied and read and they understand, that there is no private interpretation. There is no one person who says, this is it, and if you... If you don't agree with me, then there, there are only a few things. You have to be saved by believing in Jesus and confessing your sins. That's, you have to. That's it. You must. That's the only way that you can be saved is through Jesus Christ. But there are so many other things that we look at and we say, oh, well, this is the way we've always done it. Well, is that right, though? Is that what God says? So are we serving God according to our tradition that we've always heard and been taught? Or are we searching out the scriptures to find the truth of God for ourselves? Just recently we were doing a study in our class about prayer. And the things that I've I've been in church my entire life and had Jesus in my heart for almost that long. But as I was reading and studying about prayers, like I never thought about it that way before. I never heard it that way before. There are still things that no matter how long you've been in God's house, that you can learn about Him. So, let me say my prayers, let me go to church, let me do my devotion, just in case there is a God I do not know about. Or just in case just to cover my bases. I've heard lots of people say that. I'm going to, and which is fine if you feel the need to do that. I'm going to say my prayers at night just in case, you know, in case you've ignorantly sinned. <laughs> Lord, if I've done anything wrong, please forgive me. <laughs> I've, I've done that. 
but oftentimes we do that with our entire devotional lives like I'm gonna all right well just in case I'm gonna do it this way but God wants all of me fully devoted to him the second thing to ask is how well do you know him are you actively seeking him out for relationship or just relying on what we've heard from others because there are many who want to give their opinions or their interpretation of who God is without the context of God's word. We see that happening so often nowadays. Well, God is a God of this, and God only does this, and only, well, God accepts this because I see it here, but have you read within context the whole thing? Because as we see, God is holy. God is holy and he expects a certain level of obedience, a certain standard that we obey and follow. And it's not just a, I think it should be this way or I like my gods to look this way, but it's what has God truly said. So are we searching him out ourselves? So him I declare unto you, he is all-powerful creator. He is self-existent and supreme in authority, which is why his law is absolute. In our current day, in our current day, when people want to be an authority unto themselves, well, I'm smart, why can't I just do whatever I want to? Or they want to live their truth. There is only one truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am. <laughs> I am, I have been and I will be the way, the truth, and the life. So if Jesus is truth, he is the only one. All these other truths cannot exist because without him there is no truth. It can be difficult to understand, <laughs> but since God created it all. He gets to say how it should function. I heard someone recently say, it has little to do with rules and a lot to do with functionality. Because if I get a new phone, and within the, and within the directions of that phone, it says, do not put this in the microwave. And I say, well, it's my phone. My truth is, my phone should be able to go into the microwave. That is where a phone belongs. That's where my phone should be. I'm going to put it in the microwave and turn it on because this is my truth. Well, that's dumb. You're, you're welcome to do that. But that's dumb because the manufacturer, the one who created that phone and knows exactly how it should function, says to you that's not safe and it's best practice not to do that. So if you ignorantly put your phone in the microwave and turn it on, then you deal with the consequences of what happens afterward. So that's kind of the way it is. If we choose to say, well, it's my life and I'll live it how I want to, well, that's fine, but if you don't listen to the manufacturer, the one who created you, then you have to pay for the consequences of your ignorance, of your willfully ignoring what God has to say about how you should live your life. He is life and purpose giver. All people exist because he created them. 
And we are created, according to verse 27, it says that we should seek the Lord. If happily to feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. So we were created to seek him. So if you're wondering, why am I even here? Well, here we see some examples. You were created to seek him. This word means to worship, to feel after. This word means to verify by contact. So God's not saying, God's not necessarily saying, oh, just have faith that I exist. He says, no, seek me and find me. Verify by contact. You look for me, and you'll, you'll find me when you seek me like you ought to. You will verify the fact that I exist. You will verify the fact that I have created you, I've made you. He said, and we will find him when we look for him. We will realize that he's not far off. He's not the kind of God who has to, we have to search after because he went off on a lunch break. Or we have to call loudly because he's asleep. If we seek him, he is right there. He created us and not the other way around. We do not fashion him after our personal thoughts or feelings. He used to overlook that kind of ignorance, but not anymore. Now he calls for repentance, a change of mind. Paul said to them, judgment's coming soon. And if they were saying that thousands of years ago when Paul was preaching it, it is so much more true today than it ever has been. Jesus is coming soon, and we will each stand before him with our warmed-up telephone saying, uh, God, I thought that this was right. I don't know why you would have. I told you not to do it. There will be a time of judgment that he's going to ask us, how well did you follow what Jesus said? Did you have him in your heart? The third question we are to ask is, are you mocking, patronizing, or cleaving? Within this story, there were people who reacted each way. First, they, they mocked. Scorning the truth about Yahweh and Jesus' sacrifice. Turning back to their own way without a second thought. And there will be some that we'll see. Like, oh, this is just, uh, why do I have to listen to this? this? You don't know what you're talking about. We don't want to hear about this. And they'll turn away. The second way was patronizing. Knowing that all this sounds good, but thinking you have time to spare. Oh, yes, that, sure, we'll hear of this matter again. Maybe there's not time to. Oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll listen in again about what you have to say. Sure, I'll serve God a little later. I'm going to have some good times first. And then I will serve God eventually. Maybe I'll serve Him with my whole heart later. You just don't understand all I have going on right now. This is not a good time. Or this is the way that I've always served him, so I think I should be okay. Yeah, I'm going to be fine. But what we really need is cleaving, and that is sticking like glue to our faith, seeking, searching, and finding him for ourselves. Jesus is coming soon. We've heard it. I've heard it my whole, whole life. 
But if it was soon, ever how long ago? It is even more soon today. It's time to decide to find him and not ignore him. To stop being ignorant. We cannot play games with God. Our purpose demands that we get serious. Our purpose demands that we get serious about God. Because you, the fact that you're breathing means you have a purpose. It's not for your own pleasure and good, but it is to seek God, to verify Him by contact, and to follow Him. Because when we can accept what He has for us, it is so much more and greater and better and different than we ever would have imagined. So we have to ask ourselves, am I serving Him according to tradition or truth? How well do I know Him? And am I mocking, patronizing, or cleaving to Him? If it's anything other than cleaving, we need to change that as the music plays. And we'll just pray that the Lord would speak to our hearts. Because maybe, and I would assume, that for the majority of us listening, we have, and that's just my assumption, that we have Jesus in our hearts and we're, we're serving Him. But, but so often our traditions block the truth of what God wants to do. Well, this is what I've always done, so I'm going to do it that way. So maybe that's where you need to, to work. Whatever it is that you need from the Lord today, He's here to hear and answer your prayers. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word that is true. That was true thousands of years ago, and it is true today. Thank You, Lord, that it is quick and powerful and sharp, and that it pierces our hearts that it can go down to the thoughts and intentions that it can see inside and the <laughs> the times that we want to look good on the outside but on the inside we're we're trying to fill a void with something else father i pray for each person who has been going through that whether here or online watching i just pray that you would help them to recognize that the things that they've been filling up with are not the right things and they need to turn to you Father I pray that you would help us to see and recognize that our purpose initially is to seek you and to find you that you give us the joy of searching out who you are that you've given us your word that we don't have to be confused that we don't have to wonder who you are, but you are a God who wants to reveal himself, who wants to be known by his people. Father, I thank you that you are the one who created all things, therefore you know how they should function. And that when we will listen and obey, when we will follow the directions you have given, then we are set up for a life that is greater that is exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. Father, I thank you that you have promised through your word life and life more abundantly. And then if we are not experiencing that, I pray that changes today. 
Father, that you would help us to seek you out. Father, that we would lay aside the ways that we have been taught previously to seek out your word and what you say about yourself. What you say about how you want to be worshipped. What you say about how you want us to serve you. What you say about our devotion time. About our prayer life. God, help us not to accept what the world says you should be like. Not to accept or not to create for ourselves a God that we want to serve because that's no kind of power at all. But God, to submit ourselves to who you are. Knowing that since you are creator, you're in control. Father, I pray that each and every person would choose today to cleave to you. Would choose to leave behind anything that they've been searching after other than you, God, and to glue themselves to you and believe in you with their whole heart. God, we just ask that your word would go forth into each and every heart. Everyone who is here today listening, everyone who's online, everyone who will listen later. God, we pray that your word would sink deep into us. That it would not return void, but it would accomplish each and everything that you have purposed for it to. Help us to honor you and please you in all that we say and do, Father God. And today we say, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you, and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. What is this love that won't wait?